Good morning, and good morning, David. Welcome. Uh, we had a whole big uh, slate of things to talk about, but we don't need to now. The, everything's fixed. The Big Ten season's coming back for football, so uh, all of our problems are solved. <laughs> no. Absolutely, yeah. Thank goodness for uh, bread and circuses. Well, yeah. but, you know, uh, and, and a lot of this has to do with that rapid testing, and U of I, of course, has been a leader in developing that. Uh, that That is a game changer, pardon the pun, in the context of football, uh, but the more you can have that testing, the more you can start to, to open things things up and do things more safely you'll be hearing a lot more about that through the day but we do have a long list of things to talk about this morning with david greising uh, of the bga and we want to start with uh, yesterday's announcement from governor jb pritzker even as he was announcing uh, hundreds of millions of more dollars uh, for businesses who have seen uh, their revenue streams uh, disrupted or cut off entirely by the pandemic the governor warning that uh, there is much less help available for the state and for local governments right now and is warning there could be in his word thousands Thousands of furloughs or layoffs of government employees if Congress doesn't do something to help out uh, Illinois and states all over the, the country. Uh, David, it sounds pretty grim. Yeah, it does sound pretty grim. And uh, I, nobody wants to see anybody lose their job or be furloughed from their job. But frankly, Governor Pritzker has waited uh, too long to look at this as an option. Some of his peers around the country, New York uh, and California, for example, both already have instituted layoffs earlier in the pro earlier amidst COVID, and uh, they're better off for it. And the governor, for some reason, thought he could get through this without uh, uh, furloughs or layoffs, and, and uh, it's apparent that he's not. Um, part of the problem is that his, his budget relied on a uh, heavily on the expectation of support from the federal government. And that support so far has not emerged because of the stalemate in Congress between Republicans and Democrats on a new uh, bailout package. And that's, uh, again, the, the big sticking point right now. Uh, there's very little movement uh, and no indication that we will see anything come through before the election. Uh, but as, as we have to note here, this goes beyond just the state of Illinois. Local governments have also uh, seen their revenue streams badly disrupted here in the city of Springfield. Uh, we're still looking at a multi-million dollar shortfall. And the problem when you get to communities like Springfield is to start to address a gap that size, uh, you have to have some pretty sweeping uh, furloughs or layoffs. And that means cutting into the heart of city services, public safety, public works, uh, your, your biggest spending areas. And uh, I'm sure we're not alone in that. Communities all over the state are going to start to see a real uh, crippling effects on the services they provide. Right. And one of the reasons that Governor Pritzker uh, and and also, I should add, uh, the biggest uh, economic generator of the city of Chicago, both have uh, re, you know declined to do layoffs to this point or furloughs, is that they worry in part about the impact on revenue. And it's interesting what you said about Springfield, Jim, because Springfield gets the double whammy, right? If there are layoffs at the state government level, and layoffs at the city level, Springfield would be disproportionately hit by such actions. And so uh, the outlook is not very welcoming uh, to the city of Springfield, which already is deeply uh, troubled by its huge pension obligations. So uh, unfortunately, down there in Springfield, you, you have some tough times ahead, I'm afraid. No question about it. We'll be watching this uh, carefully in the weeks to come. But again, very little indication of movement on Capitol Hill. And without that, uh, the rest of it may be inevitable. Uh, let's move on, David, to uh, a story that unless there has been some late-breaking developments in the, the last hour or so, still looks to be something of a stalemate. And that's what's going to happen 
with this investigative committee that the uh, has been put together in the Illinois House to look at the conduct of Speaker Mike Madigan. Republicans want to charge full speed ahead, and Democrats are saying, well, wait a minute, we need to, to know from the U.S. Attorney's Office if we're going to interfere with their work. They've talked to the U.S. Attorney's Office, but it seems like everybody has a differing interpretation of what was said. Yeah, that's a very odd circumstance. Uh, it does appear that the U.S. Attorney John Lausch has indicated to that investigative committee that it can move forward so long as it does not uh, reveal any confidential information that it was turned over by Commonwealth Edison in the um, uh, prior to its uh, cooperation agreement with the federal uh, with the U.S. Attorney's Office. But as you pointed out, uh, Democrats and Republicans came out of that meeting uh, with the panel held with the U.S. Attorney's Office uh, with completely different versions of what was said. I guess we'll discover as time goes on if they actually meet and have witnesses, then we know that Laos said go ahead. And if they don't meet and have witnesses, then we'll know that he said maybe they shouldn't do so. Yeah, we're supposed to get something in writing from the U.S. Attorney uh, who uh, and, and the uh, Democratic chair of the committee says that we'll, uh, he'll share that when they receive that letter in writing. Uh, the, the reality is, I think if anybody's hoping for a, uh, a Perry Mason moment where Mike Madigan cracks on the stand and admits to all of his wrongdoing, they're probably going to be disappointed if that's what they're hoping for here. But we'll see how it all plays out. Uh, David, of course, we spent uh, the entire uh, session last week here on Full Disclosure talking in detail about a Better Government Association proposal for ethics reform that goes beyond what has so far been talked about at the state house. Uh, I'm curious in this past week, have you gotten any reaction to it? How many lawmakers are, are scrambling and tackling each other to get to the front of the line to be able to sponsor that legislation for you? Well, um, we we haven't yet seen that occur. Um, but what we have seen is there is a lot of interest in what we um, what we have put forward. And we're not the only ones proposing a reform agenda. You, you've got to remember there are various groups, you know, various legislators, uh, the most prominent being the, the group uh, uh, Representative Kelly Cassidy and Senators uh, Heather Steens and Melinda Bush have put forward a pretty good proposal. It doesn't go as far as ours does. Uh, we're waiting to see if they would adopt any of our proposals. And also, uh, it, it's interesting that the City Club of Chicago, which is a pretty major forum for uh, uh, for discussion of matters such as this, has invited me to speak in a couple of weeks uh, to lay out our plan. And I take that as a sign that there is interest in what we are proposing and that uh, some of our proposals might be wrapped into whatever legislation would ultimately emerge. The big question is, will there be any legislation and when? We know there's going to be now a six-day fall veto session, but it's doubtful that that will be adequate to address the kind of sweeping reforms that are needed in the state in state government. And uh, we add it to that long, long list of uh, things that need the urgent attention of lawmakers, which they will hopefully get around to maybe in November when they get back to business. We've got more full disclosure on the way. David Greising, president and CEO of the Better Government Associations, here with us each Wednesday morning on the WMAY Morning News Feed. We've had a, a at least a temporary pause now in the latest effort to issue more uh, marijuana dispensary licenses in Illinois, a process that was supposed to include uh, a, a lot of movement for social equity and to uh, help people who had been uh, directly impacted by the war on drugs or were in economically underserved areas to be able to get some of these lucrative licenses. But this whole situation's gotten bogged down pretty badly, David, and now it's on hold. No, absolutely. It's really a problem for the state because 
at a time when Governor Pritzker is warning about this so-called nightmare budget, uh, the the cannabis uh, dispensaries are the one sort of bright light that the state has seen this year, uh, you know, exceeding expectations with the number of licensees so far. But this whole thing is caught up in a big fight over the plan to allow for what were called social equity applicants. Um, and a number of those applicants, uh, uh, people predict typically people, uh, minorities who applied for licenses, had their li applications rejected on very technical grounds. And, um, and so now there's an appeal to reconsider that. Uh, this is not unique to Illinois. We've seen this sort of thing happen in Nevada and New Jersey as well. And in those states, the delays were substantial, uh, 18 months in Nevada before they got their situation cleared up. And New Jersey's been fighting about this for more than a year, and their situation is still not cleared up. And so this is more than a tiny little stumbling block. This could be serious. Yeah, and uh, it's hard to figure out how they're going to sort through all this now, short of a, a complete do-over. One suggestion has been there were a number of applicants who had their applications kicked back for some discrepancy or another. People who say that they uh, they were unfairly kept out of uh, this uh, part of the licensing process because of what the state claimed were errors that actually weren't errors in their application. So they may have to go back and do a thorough review of every one of these applications uh, and try to... Uh, give people a chance to to fix those problems and then proceed from there. But uh, they've got a lot of work ahead of them there. Uh, before we go, we want to catch up on something that I think is one of the best features of the Better Government Association's website, uh, the uh, PolitiFact uh, Illinois Fact Check uh, that uh, they do uh, regularly there. Uh, there are a couple of uh, those that have been posted since the last time we had a chance to talk about it. Uh, and they deal with a couple of uh, big issues here in this uh, fall of, of an election year 2020 having to do with potential voter fraud and also with uh, the U.S. Postal Service in a time where we're seeing unprecedented efforts on vote by mail. David, walk us through your fact checks. Well, uh, we issued a rare uh, pants on fire, you're not telling the truth, uh, ruling uh, regarding U.S. Rep. Darren LaHood uh, for his statement that the Postal Service is operating with a so-called $12 billion surplus, and that's the reason that he voted against a $25 billion uh, bailout for the uh, the agency. Well, this Postal Service has, has not only not had a $12 billion surplus, it has lost money since 2006. It lost $2.2 billion in the last quarter alone. Uh, Congressman LaHood perhaps was referring to the amount of cash that the um, Postal Service has in its piggy bank, basically, about $13 billion or so. But there's a huge difference between having that asset on hand and the amount of money uh, an agency like the Postal Service is is earning or losing. It is not uh, it is not earning twelve billion dollars a year, and um, and we declared that this was a pants on fire lie. Yeah, uh, it, it's a great read. All the information and that uh, that final verdict all backed up by plenty of documentation. There, there's also an important one to read about alleged voter fraud related to uh, an incident at O'Hare International Airport. The sort of thing you see passed around a lot on Facebook memes, uh, before you start just uh, sharing uh, those things haphazardly, always a good idea to check, and a good place to check is the BGA website for those uh, PolitiFact fact checks. Uh, and, David, with that, we are out of time. Let people know how to reach you and the BGA the rest of the week. Sure thing. I'm at Deke Reising at BetterGov.org. That's D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at BetterGov.org. 
And our website is bettergov.org. And here each Wednesday morning, full disclosure on the WMAY morning news feed. David, thank you so much. Talk to you soon. Thank you. You too.